Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Visit 21st Amendment Tavern. Located in a Germantown neighborhood at the corner of Burnett and Shelby. 21st Amendment Tavern has great drinks and amazing food from head chef Andrea Estes. Also at the tavern, the Metal Forge Live is featured with doors at 9 and shows at 10 and just 5 bucks. Head on out to 21st Amendment Tavern. to the Metal Forge. I'm your host, Mark Jackson, and I'm going to be pounding out the best regional metal for you tonight. If you're new to this show, pick up your hammer and get down with some of these featured guests. Got any questions or comments? Send them to MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is Mark, your host. How the fuck are you all doing today? I am doing super cool. You know... I do want to say thank you to 21st Amendment Tavern and Tattoo Charlie's for the sponsorships, along with all of the Patreon supporters, Ryan, Evan, Sean, Mick. You guys are fucking awesome. I appreciate everything you all do. What you all are doing is keeping the Metal Forge going. So, hell yeah. This is one of the features I'm going to try and do on the show from now on. Is I'm going to look onto the Loudwire news of rock, and it looks like here... Um, System of Down, Corn and Faith No More teasing a show announcement. They all tweeted the same picture and said Monday, whatever the hell that means. Looks like Dave Mustaine is coming out with a uh, Rust in Peace memoir. Ripper Owens and Rob Halford are open to a collaboration. That might be kind of cool. You know, priest of two eras meeting at one time, you know. James is out of rehab for Metallica, so he's back up and running. Hell yeah, looks like there's quite a bit of stuff rolling around. I do have Pale Walker calling into the studio. Mike, he's going to be calling in here, and we're going to talk about their up-and-coming shows and, you, you know, just getting back together. They played this past week at the Mag Bar. Uh, I was actually at Mercury Ballroom hosting the Iron Maidens that night. You know, I've always been kind of torn on tribute bands and such, but it was a pretty cool gig. I appreciate the offer. Stay tuned to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Metal Forge Radio, which everything is branded Metal Forge Radio. Twitter is Metal Forge Radio. It's MetalForgeRadio.com. Pay close attention to the Facebook page because I'm going to be giving away tickets to Tom Kiefer, Jeff Tate, Ohm, and Black Label Society in this moment. Theory of a Dead Man with 10 Years coming up all through the Facebook page. And they're going to be in the Louisville area with Paris Town Hall, which is Old Forester's Paris Town Hall, uh, Headliners Music Hall, Mercury Ballroom. Oh, shit. So, yeah. And, you know, stay tuned for future interviews as well, where I'm going to be having uh, Wild Ride on the show from Louisville. I'm going to be having Zephaniah from Fort Wayne, Indiana. You know, and with, you know, Pale Walker on here later, they're from Lexington, Kentucky. I'm working on getting more out of the Louisville area, and hopefully that'll happen here soon. Let's check out Effigy from Pale Walker, and then let's take Mike's call. Rock on.
Hale Walker from Lexington, Kentucky, and I am being joined on the phone right now from Mike Watkins from that band. Mike, how you doing tonight, man? What's up, my brother? Oh, shit, dude. It's cold up here in, uh, you know, I'm a little bit north of Louisville. I'm in Indiana, but it's cold as shit. I had snow this morning, so, you know, it is what it is. It's that time of year. It's a suck fest here, too, man. Yeah. You know, it's just gloom and doom, but, I, I mean, I would take the gloom, but, uh, or take the doom, but fuck the gloom, you know. Right, but, right. Uh, we're stuck with both, seems like. <laughs> oh, I know, you know, it's like, hey, Sabbath, you know, gloom and doom, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I take that shit all day long, man. Just oh, yeah. Keep the shitty weather, but we're in, we are in Kentucky, man. You know, so yeah, it could be seventy-five tomorrow. You never know. Yeah, and I have the fucking flu again. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So tell the Metal Forge listeners out there about Pale Walker. Oh, gee. Um, where would I start? I guess. Uh, I guess this uh, project started about five years ago. Uh, I had an old friend uh, that used to play in a band with me called uh, Hellbilly Stomp Tribe from the fucking 90s up into the early 2000s. And we were kind of like a roadhouse metal band, but he used to play bass for that band. He contacted me, said he had a couple of guys that wanted to play. Uh, I was in Kane's Rage at the time and had uh, kind of, uh, we had kind of fizzled out and stopped doing shows and everything. So I got with him, we started doing a project. Yeah, you know, six months later, we had a bunch of material, uh, and, you know, how the fighting over the name shit is, you know. And oh, yeah. Finally, it, you know, it took us six – we did, we wrote an album in six months, but still hadn't settled on a fucking name. <laughs> so, like, that's how it is. It, how it was with us, you know. But uh, we finally settled on the name Pale Walker, and then, uh, and then I uh, kind of created this character of the Pale Walker. He's actually a character. Um He's kind of this uh, ghoulish spirit of vengeance, uh, you know. But we're working out a like a an origin story for this guy and everything, like because we're a bunch of fucking nerds and that's what we do. <laughs> right on. So it's so, kind of uh, like a uh, like a concept band in a way. Well, not really though, because our songs aren't anything uh, to actually do with the Pale Walker, unless we you know decide to write one about him, but. The character itself is probably just going to be like a side thing, you know, the oh, right that on. we explore. But uh, as far as the music goes, we just we just co- cover, uh, you know, several different topics. We don't try to fall into the concept thing as of yet anyway. Uh, right now we're just kind of writing what we feel and – And feeling uh, what you're thing, you know, Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, we're not uh, trying to do like uh, – I, I mean, I see what you're saying. I probably sounded like that by, you know, the uh, – uh, the definition I was giving you of the Pale Walker, but no, I, creating the character and the mythos and all that—that that would probably be a separate thing from the music, because uh, we just we want to write uh, just all kinds of different kind of shit. We don't want to have to be in a box where we have to write about this or sound like that, or you know, uh, the the thing with Pale Walker and, and the thing that we agreed with in the beginning is that we were going to write the fucking music that we wanted to hear. You know, and as long as it was something that we could sit and jam up and be proud of, then we knew we were on the right track, you know, whatever that was. If it was something slow and melodic, then it better have some fucking heart in it. If it was, if it was hard hitting, then it better fucking hit, you know. I could go along uh, with that 100%. Yeah, so that's kind of how we, we've, uh, you know, went toward the uh, songwriting aspect. Right on. Which that actually kind of answers the first question I usually ask too is uh you know how do y'all get how do y'all write a song so you know well you feel what generally that's generally that's up to me <laughs> so I write you, uh, I write most of the music and then take it in and then of course you know the guys uh, sit there and dismantle it we break it apart rearrange it sometimes and sometimes the guys will add a part or two or we'll take away a part or two, you know, not everything. I, uh, they're not all zingers, <laughs> you know, like I might come in with something I'm really hyped about. And then you can just tell by the looks on your, your band members faces and whether it's a hit or not. You know, right. If they give you that fucking sour lemon look, you're like, well, I guess that. <laughs> well, that's, back that's, when, board, you know? that's when you look at all of them and you're like, well, they can't all be fucking hits guys. That's it. Man. <laughs> you know, but uh, it, it's supposed to be all killer, no filler. You know, that's that's our goal anyway. Right, so, uh, right. 
But uh, I should probably mention also that there were actually two incarnations of Pale Walker. There was a lineup that we started with that I was referring to earlier, and all those guys left except for my bass player and me. And we went out and found new members and started a whole brand new Pale Walker with new music, new direction, new everything. You know, so uh, I didn't, I didn't want anybody out there with the misconception that we had a five-year history with the lineup that we have now, because we're basically a new band now. We've been uh, writing together for almost a year, and uh, out playing uh, for about the last six months of it. So, awesome. So, and y'all are based out of Lexington, Kentucky, and I know you. Uh-huh. Um, by the time this show airs or drops rather, you all will have played at the Mag Bar in Louisville. Hopefully that yeah, uh, we've played was there, a good show. Uh, we've played there once already, and it's a great place. I love it. Oh, yeah, I love love playing the Mag Bar. You know, hey, I'll it, tell you something, man. Any place you go into that has fucking Deicide, Carcass, and King Diamond on the jukebox is my kind of fucking place, man. You know what? You if know, you, that's, if, that's home to me, dude. <laughs> if you have a local CD, um, they, they're now putting local discs in the jukebox. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, they they just made a post about it here recently and are just like, hey, you got a local album, bring it to us, we'll put it in. And they put it in rotation, which is super, super cool. Oh, that's way cool, man. Yeah. That is, uh, that's far out, dude. I didn't know that. So that gives us an incentive to take one to them then. That's oh, really absolutely. Cool. Yeah, and I mean, if you've got like a battle vest or anything like that or battle jacket, uh, they've got a they did have. I don't know if they still do. They've got patches and pins available too. So, because I, I sport one on mine. Oh, that's great, man! Yeah, I, I mean, I really dig that place. And obviously, the people that own it or that are running it are uh, exceptionally cool and probably have played in bands before. I would think. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I don't know them. I don't think I've ever met them. But I'm just kind of going by, you know, how the place operates and what I've seen of it. It's definitely band friendly, and uh, and I love that. You know, it's just uh, yeah, hell of a place. super super cool people, super cool place to play. I've I've always dug it. Um, so, what is your allure to music? Oh shit, man! Uh, I've, in my whole life, I mean, music's been like food to me. You know, uh, it's it's probably simultaneously saved and run my life all at the same time. <laughs> you know, oh, I could go along uh, with it. Yeah, but it's it's definitely uh, my go-to for any any situation, really. I mean, uh, if I'm down, uh, it's music. If I'm up, it's music. If I'm just sitting around doing uh, jack all shit, it's music. Uh, it's just uh, it's literally a part of me all the way to my marrow. I, I couldn't imagine a world without music. Right, I could. I could definitely agree with that 100%. It's one of those things that's just like I took an extent, like a year break one time and was just like. It makes you a miserable fuck, doesn't it, man? Well, yeah, it's like what's missing. And it's like, yeah, I haven't played guitar in a month. I I went on a three-year break like that when I was living down in Florida. And I kind of hung it up and quit playing and was probably one of the darker periods of my life. I was really lost for a while. Mm. That's you know, that's definitely, you know, I'm glad you're not there anymore, you know, because oh, yeah. now I get to listen to I awesome, I never an awesome again, band. You know, well, well, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. We've sure worked hard on the stuff that we've got so far. And, uh, the, uh, I mean, you know, being in a band yourself, there's a lot of times where you, you, you go into, you know, those lull moments where you can't really come up with anything new and, and, uh, you know, it's just dry moments. We all go through it. Anybody that's creative has those dry spells. Oh, yeah. And the cool thing that's been about this band is that we have, it's just like effortless to, to write with these guys. You know, it's, it's, it's like uh, anything that I come in with, even if it's something that's really not that good, if we put that down, we go right into something else and it seems to work. You know, it just, it never seems to get, uh, we never seem to get hung up or, or a, a stale on an idea. If something's not clicking, we go right on to the next thing. And it, it's like sometimes we just pull these songs right out of the air, you know, and they have, they almost write themselves. So it, it's been really cool, man. It's hard to find that in a band. Uh, it's hard to find that chemistry, but right now I've got it, and, and I'm very thankful to have it. That's awesome. 
Uh, so what inspires, I know you're the guitar player in the band. Um, mm-hmm. So what inspires you to write music? I mean, do you, do, do you sit there and you, do you watch like a, a, a true a true crime documentary do you read a comic i mean what i mean what inspires you to write music for the most part oh hell i don't know what doesn't that would be the harder question is that what what can you not put a soundtrack to and i, I can't really think of anything man you know um i've always wanted to really? put a soundtrack uh, i've always wanted to use yeah. an album of mine to and say hey uh jared the artist and say make like an eight page comic to this. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool, man. And, that would be cool. But it's a huge, like an eight page deal. It's a huge undertaking. To, it's like, okay, so, uh, you know, eight songs, you know, a, a page, a song essentially to make a, co- a cohesive story. And it's like, right. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then his <laughs> creative thing happens and it's like, so yeah, I totally get what you're saying. It's like, you know, putting a soundtrack to something. Well, you know, I say that in one hand, but while I'm looking at life, but if I sit down with something, like if I was to sit down with, with like source material, like a book or a movie, and somebody said, hey, put music to this, I have a hard time with that sometimes. Like, I, you know, it's like I can sit later and maybe come up with something to it, but to, I don't know how some of these people sometimes approach doing these soundtracks, you know, because... Uh, I don't know. It's like it's almost like it's not an honest emotion when you're already when you already have it carved out for you. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. it, the story's already written, so it's hard to put your stamp to an already written written song. I, I maybe overanalyze it, but it's anyway. That's what has always kind of stumped me about these guys that write these soundtracks. I kind of envy the, the uh, ability that they have to just sit down and do that. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, I always look at. I, you know, I use the 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 measuring stick on stuff like, uh, you know, I'll say, you know, for example, Master of Puppets. You know, I say that a lot, but with like, the, oh, that is the that is the fucking Bible, dude. I mean, that, that <laughs> right. Is, well, that's that why I use it. It's Bible like because everybody knows it, and yeah. but you know, in in the soundtrack aspect of it, and like what you just said, I always wonder about people like John Williams. You know, who did Jaws, mm-hmm. who did E.T., who did Star Wars, Indiana Jones. You know, these huge films for our, most of most of us, it's our childhood films, you know. Yeah. That are like. We take for granted that that music's already in there. But when right. they get it, it's just footage. Right. It's just empty, it's just empty footage. And so how do they hear that he has a to music create for a... that? Yeah, it's yep. just wild, man. And that, it's it's very cool because when I write a song, it's like I'm just pulling wrists, man. Like I'm feeling a groove, and, or if I'm sad, I'm feeling like a despair, and I can write with that. But if I already had a like a set footage, I had to write to it's such a it's such a different aspect of writing for me that I would probably have a hard time with it. It, it would be daunting, yeah, because you're just like yeah, you'd be like racking your brain. It's like when you sit there and you try to force creation, I guess. Um, yeah, you can't do that. You know that being an artist yourself. If right. you sit down and somebody says, well, write me a song, well, fuck you. Right. <laughs> like, like I, I will in my time. And sometimes, like like I said earlier, sometimes it's effortless, you know. Uh, but if you sit down with the intent to do it, it's just like if you were single and you were going out with the intent to meet your next girlfriend. How many times has that shit ever worked out for anybody? You know, like <laughs> right. you're going out to meet your next significant one, and you end up coming home with uh, with fucking Chichi, the fucking dancer from uh, Paradise City or something. <laughs> Paradise She's City. not your fucking significant next. You know what I'm saying? But if you're not looking for it, you might run into her at the Kroger or some shit, and just by accident, you know, meet the one you were looking for. Oh, absolutely. it's the same way with music. It's the same way with music. If you go hunting for it and searching for it, it's usually going to be contrived and not as good as if it just comes naturally. Right. I, I can go along with that a hundred percent. That's good stuff. I mean, um, if you could play any major concert from days gone by or, you know, I say days gone by, but you know, or anything, if you could play any major concert, uh, what would it be? Like throughout history? Yeah. 
That's I, I I had uh, thought about that question before, and man, that's a real stumper, man. Um, I know there's so many notable things like Isle oh, of, yeah. Isle of I mean, White, Walk, and Woodstock. Yeah, I mean, where the fuck would I, you know, uh, of course, any Bakken. Put me on any Bakken any year. I would fucking love that, you know. Uh, any of the old Oz fests oh, uh, yeah. that I used to go to were just legendary. You know, you're a, you're a Sabbath fan. I would I would totally peg you for like uh, 1975 California Jam. You know, oh, yeah. that that well, footage Deep, of Deep Purple of them. was there also, and I love Deep Purple. They were also there, so yeah, that would have been a fucking great show, man. Yeah, a friend of mine's band went to see uh, Judas Priest, and Deep Purple was opening for them, and I was like, ah, oh, you guys suck. <laughs> oh, I missed that show, and I was sick from it, dude. I was sick from it. Oh, um, I did get I did catch Priest back in on the Painkiller tour though, back in '91. That was fucking badass, man, dude. But yeah, I missed them with Deep Purple this last time around, and that made me sick. Yeah, I'm uh, I I'm I've got tickets to Louder Than Life because I'm a huge Metallica fan, and uh-huh. you know they're playing the Friday and the Sunday this year, and they have not announced the Saturday headliner for Louisville, and huh. there's rumors that it's either going to be Judas Priest or uh, ACDC with brian johnson because they're supposed oh, to go back would... on tour with him and... either one either one would be fucking fantastic right I, well but i've never seen priest i've seen uh seen acdc before but like priest oh my gosh i'd flip out dude priest is fucking great yeah i've now, heard <laughs> you know i'm telling you they're great i saw them 20 years ago but I've got some very reliable friends that have seen them a couple of times in the recent years and say they haven't missed a fucking step, man. Like, they're still monsters, you know. So I, I can guarantee you that would be a fucking great show. Oh, yeah, uh, I had I had heard a rumor that uh, Rammstein was going to play that festival, but something didn't uh, work out right. Yeah, I think they they're going to be – I think they're playing uh... – no, I think they're going to be like on the opposite side of the country that weekend because I know yeah. the weekend of uh, it's like the fourth or something. They're going to be at Soldier Field in Chicago, but uh-huh. they're not. It's weird. They're not playing like Chicago, excuse me, <laughs> Chicago, Indianapolis. You know, it's not like a normal route. Yeah, tour. they're not. It's, it's fucked up. Uh, I, I, they're not. They're playing a very select. Uh, well, they're playing dates. Yeah, they're playing up, like man. they're only playing like seven or eight shows in Amer- in North America. But the yeah. thing is, is like they'll play like they're going to be playing like Foxborough, Mass. Yeah, at, they're going to be playing huge fucking stadiums. I, I right. did notice that. I mean, they're not fucking around. They're trying to bring in eighty, a hundred thousand people, and and, you and know they, what? And they, they can will. do it, and they will do it. They yeah. will, yeah. Because that, the last they're the time greatest they were live here, band. That's the greatest show I ever seen was Rammstein. Oh, I called them on the 2012 tour when they came through the last time, and it was fucking breathtaking. <laughs> I, I originally saw them on their first North American tour in 1998. The Family Values. Yes, with uh, yeah, with Corn and Limp Biscuit and yes. them and uh, Ice Cube, Orgy yes. and Incubus. Uh-huh. And yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. And oh, I remember that tour, man. Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, that was something else. They got into a lot of shit over that, uh, too. Right, because, because of, uh, the— Still bringing out the plastic dick and— Yep, <laughs> yep, <know>. yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, they got and, into a lot. It actually fish. almost broke the band up, is what I understand. Yeah, they got into a big deal over that. But, um, well, let's get back to you here. Um Okay, yeah, because we could sit and talk shit about metal all fucking oh, night, yeah. and I'd be fine with it. You Absolutely. Know? You know what is what is Pale Walker's greatest accomplishment over its uh, career? You know, I know it's a shorter career; it's five years. But oh, it's it's definitely yet to come, man. Definitely yet to come. Right on. I think just so far, just coming out the gate on this second run, because this is actually, like I said earlier, it's the Mark II of Pale Walker, the first run. We just played, you know, about 20-some shows, maybe, I think, and kind of fizzled out. And it was such a different-sounding band than we are now. Uh, so it's really 
uh, I think the, the coolest thing about us is just the receptions that we've got so far from people. You know, people really seem to genuinely, genuinely love what we're doing. And uh, it's very cool, man. I mean, uh, you can tell when somebody's blowing smoke up your ass. You know, like people come to you, oh, man, that's really cool, man. You know, you know when they're bullshitting. And you know when people really, really dug what you're doing, and it seems like people are really digging it, man. So I'm, I'm very happy so far. I mean, it's slow. It's, you know, it's always slow coming out the gate, man. But uh, I feel like we're building steam up, and I feel like that uh, so far so good, man. You know? So I'm hoping it just keeps on rolling. Absolutely. If you could have um, written or recorded any song or album in history, you know, what would it be and why? Uh, this is an interesting one, man, and this one might surprise you. Um, it's, I would have it's to hit say, me, baby, one more time from Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one. I knew uh, it. I, I, I'd like to have the check off of that bitch. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to have the song that that fuck. I'd like to have the money that fucking song made. You know, uh, right? But uh, I wasn't calling Britney the bitch. I was calling the song the bitch. But she right, may right. be a bitch too. I just don't know. But uh, this is an interesting question, and it's kind of an interesting answer, I think. And, uh, my answer would be uh, Sepultura's album, Against. Oh, okay. I would like to have been a part of that. And the reason is Sepultura was my fucking favorite band. I loved this band. I loved them so much. Um, I just thought they were fucking amazing. When Max Cavalera left that band, it fucking broke my soul, man. I was like, damn, you know, I right. couldn't believe it. So I was, I had such this, uh, such this desire to hear, well, how are they going to sound now, you know, without Max? And uh, when Against come out, man, they were just missing those fat riffs. They were just missing the really, the really uh, catchy hooks and the really kick-ass breakdowns. And I mean, they were still solid on that album, but it wasn't a good album on their standards. And if I could go back and have been a part of anything, I would say it would be that album. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Just to try, yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that the Sepultura have have put out some amazing stuff even after Max left. I think some of their albums have just been fucking brilliant, and a lot of people don't even listen to them because it's not the same. They haven't given Sepultura a chance in like 20 years. And I'm telling all y'all out there, go listen to some of this stuff. It is fucking good metal. It is really good uh, what they're still doing today. Yeah. But I, if I could have been, a, if I could have been a part of any album, I would say that would have been the one just to you know put some fucking riffs in there. <laughs> you know, I, I can dig that. I'm I'm pretty much a, a fan of theirs up until about '97, which is about yeah. the same time when when that came out. That was against was like '97, '98. So exactly, yeah, yeah, because because uh, Roots was '96, right? I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I always tell the story anytime somebody brings up Sepultura, I always bring up the story of uh, the picture on the back of uh, Morbid Visions. Uh -huh. and, and where it's got the picture of the band. And the funny thing about it is, is if you look at their bullet belts, they're not bullet belts, they are uh, taped together double A batteries. <laughs> because cool. the, they were so poor and they couldn't get them in Brazil. So they, uh -huh. they looked at like pictures of Motorhead and, uh, and Venom and all of these bands. Cal Celtic Frost too were big, big influence on them. Early and on. they would and look at the pictures the and, and see the bullet belts and they were like, well, we can't get these. What do we do? And that's, <laughs> that's what they did. And that actually came from Max himself saying that. So that's great. You know, I, I may have read that in his uh, biography because I did read his biography and uh, he talks about those early days. It was really interesting. Oh, uh, very book, much. Too. Uh, very. Yeah, his father was like an ambassador or some kind of shit for uh, Argentina, maybe, or something some, like or, that. Or Spain, or I, I can't remember, but a very interesting book, uh, nonetheless. And yeah, they were very poor and very sparse uh, upbringing after his father died. Uh, they just really had it had it rough, and uh, boy, metal just you talk about metal saving somebody's soul, man. I think oh, that, yeah. uh, 
I think that's a great mental story, you know, is, is the Cavaleras and how they pulled themselves up out of literally out of the gutter and just took the world on. That's really inspiring. Very much. And, you know, Max to this day, yeah, he still still does stuff, but. Oh, he's the fucking riff monster, man. Right. And, you know. Anything Max is a part of, it kicks ass. And, you know, <laughs> you know the only reason he plays a, why it says four strings, right? That's all he fucking uses. Well, that's all he plays because he broke his yeah. B and E strings on tour one time and he never used them anyway. So he just told his guitar tech to not even worry about putting them back on. Yeah, not even put them back on, yeah. So that's the reason yeah. why he only plays that. It would have been funny had they released his signature series with only four strings. The four strings, yeah. That would be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> The, the, the I, you know, I'll tell you what, man. Everybody talks, you know, and James Hetfield is a god of, of the rhythm guitar. He absolutely is. Maybe the best ever. Maybe the best of all time. I Not if you ask Dave Mustaine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Dave, Dave is more of a lead player in my book, though. He's right. more of a lead guitarist. I, I'm just being but a smart if you want to talk about, about just Yeah. If you want to talk about pure rhythm guitarists, man, I got to put Max Cavalier in, in the conversation because if you go back and listen to Beneath the Remains, Arise, and Chaos AD, oh yeah, dude, you those are fucking the rhythm work on those albums is fucking legendary. I, I'll I mean, agree he with just that. was amazing. Yeah, he was fucking amazing. Um, he's become a, a little lax. He's more into just doing the groove thing now. His riffs are still fast. You know, they're not as technical or as precise as they used to be. They're still way badass, man. Uh, yeah, I'd have to put him in the conversation. But anyway, yeah, that's the answer to that. I would have I would have uh, wanted to had a hand in Sepultura's against. <laughs> and, you know, and that's an interesting thing. That's the interesting – one of the most interesting answers I've ever got for that question was it was because it was something that you would have wanted to be a part of. And right. most people look at that question as – something that they could have written and it, and be famous for for writing it. I've never actually got I, it from I mean, a, I can see that. Yeah. But, yeah, I looked at it as a, as a, you know, like a, like I always fantasized when I was coming up as being, as writing the next Sepultura album. You know, like when I heard Chaos AD, it was like, it was like I would play these fantasies in my head, like being on stage with Max and just fucking jamming you know, and being a part of their next whatever, uh, which I guess is what you do if you're any super fan of, you know, a band or, oh yeah, you know, it could be, but, uh, but yeah, that's kind of where that, I'm a huge motor. Well, I guess that answer so. came from, you know, uh, but yeah, that was like a fantasy. I just wanted to write the next Sepultura record. <laughs> I, I totally dig that. So I do ask some, you know, off music topic questions. Uh, sure. Do you have a favorite film? A favorite what? Film, movie, favorite movie. Film. Oh, I've got two, and for two totally different reasons. And I can't say I love one more than the other, but I love them both. Uh, my first would be The Thing, John Carpenter's mm. The Thing. Uh, he, was, fucking he was movie. just brought up on a recent episode, so. Oh, uh, yeah? Yep. Well, I'll tell you, The Thing is his is his swan song. Um that movie is just fucking visceral, man. It, it, it's still to this day, I've seen it 18,000 times, and it still fucking creeps me out, man. And yeah, I just it's... love that movie. The, the tension in it, you know, the fact you don't know who the fucking thing is. And even after seeing it a hundred times, I knew who the fucking thing was. I've known since the first time I saw it when right. I was eight, ten years old or whatever. Um but I just love that movie, man. It's just absolutely perfect. The execution of it, the animatronics, the, there was no CGI then. Those the fucking special effects are top-notch. I'd put them up against any CGI bullshit that's going on today. And uh, just it, just a great, great movie man, was the thing. Uh, and my other one, my side movie, <laughs> uh, also my favorite movie, I say sometimes, is Flame Blade. Oh, Yeah. I love Sling Blade, man. Uh, Sling Blade just touched me on so many different levels um, because it was it was uh, it was heartwarming and sad and and uh, just all of the above, man. Like there was every kind of emotion in that movie, and the performance of Billy Bob in that was just—I mean, Carl was just such a unique character, and 
I just loved that movie for several different reasons. But yeah, oh, yeah Slave I Blade can, was I can understand a great that. movie. You yeah. know, one of the things I've always thought about, uh, two things about, you know, that movie is, well, it's not just necessarily that movie. One, it's the performance from Billy Bob Thornton. Uh-huh. Because in, and Dwight Yoker. That that was the that's to be continued. Uh, <laughs> give me a second on that. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, with, I got excited talking about it. Absolutely. With Billy Bob Thornton, you know, he's in Tombstone. He's he's in a ton of films in his not necessarily early career, but his uprising career. Uh-huh. And he really transforms himself as an as a character. And, uh-huh. you know, from because if you look at him in Tombstone, uh, where he's the dealer in the Egyptian room, you know, and you look at him there, you know, you would never think that they were the same person. No, I didn't know it for years. Yeah. And I didn't know, I mean, literally, I didn't know that for like a couple of years. I didn't realize that that was Billy Bob. I, I still like homegrown uh, with him. Yeah. I, I need to watch that one again because I don't really remember that one. One of the films that I really enjoy him in is uh, a, a film called A Simple Plan. I remember that. That was with uh, uh, Old Boy for Weird Science. So it was Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton, yeah. Which, it's Alien funny. Yeah. You said Weird Science first, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And Chet, Chet the, pop, the turd. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. I love oh. that film. And I am definitely a product of the eighties, man. I can't help it. You know, <laughs> I, I feel you. Um, my, uh, my ringtone is, uh, masters of the universe, the cartoon oh, fuck yeah, man. and not the movie. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you know, overload my band. We actually, in the last year, we, we had a, uh, eighties throwback logo is what I called it. And it was the, uh, masters of the universe logo. And it's so oh, it's kick ass. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. So I totally get what you're saying there. But the, uh, well, speak, speaking of that, I really dig you guys, man. I I think you guys are uh, oh, well, like us. You. you know, you're kind of a throwback fan like we are. Like just back to the oh kick yeah. And ass, I'm a I'm uh, a know, total fan. Fat of, riffs of, and you know. fat riffs and thrash. You know. Yeah, man. That's you know that's where it's at to me. Oh, I agree. But. I mean, return <laughs> return of the return of the riff is what I call it. You know. Yes, and, and that's exactly what we are are trying to achieve. Also, is is getting back to the riff. Man. It's all about the riff. Definitely. Us. You were, but you said the Dwight Yoakam thing. Which oh yeah. When, fuck you too, Randy. You tuning son of a bitch. Get the fuck out. <laughs> which I love that, in you know when this show was on uh, the FM station, the they only did local music which was all of Kentucky uh-huh. and about about 50 miles north into Indiana, about Columbus, Indiana. And Dwight Yoakam is from Pikeville, Kentucky. You know, uh-huh. so the funny thing is, is like, you know, I'd go through when I'm like setting up songs to play, I would be like listening to Dwight Yoakam because I'm, you know, I like country and shit like that too. Not just all about I'm, metal, but right. in his film well, career, that was the film where... I realized that he could be a creepy bastard, <laughs> you know, and then he, and then he yeah, was in absolutely. panic room and he was even yes. worse. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, I totally, it's like, and he, even when he's in like, what is it like four Christmases or some shit? He, when he's like the preacher, he's even worse in that. It's like, he, this guy's like, he keeps playing really sleazeball. He he plays a fucking great villain, man. Oh yeah, uh, he is just excellent. for sure. But nothing beats Doyle to me. I mean, Doyle to me is his, his hallmark. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he had the best lines in the whole fucking movie, man. I mean, his lines were just legendary. I love them. So but what an asshole! Oh, <laughs> he oh, yeah. just wanted that fucker to get it so bad, man. Like, and that's uh, you know that always great. makes a good villain. I think is that when you just sit there and you're like, oh. That that, oh, mother, yeah. that motherfucker uh, needs this. Yeah, get him, Carl. Get him. <laughs> right. Do, do you have a favorite food? Favorite? Oh fuck. Uh, a, a plural. 
<laughs> a big food fan, man. Yeah. Uh, I got to cut back on some fucking food, actually, man. I, I've got a little bit out of control. I, I need to. Uh, I need to. You got to get back in the spandex. The food a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'll tell you, dude. Honeycomb cereal at, at fucking midnight is probably about as good as it gets. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. <laughs> Uh, That's why I'm out of control with my fucking weight. I need to. So seriously, honeycombs at midnight is your favorite food? (laughs) Yeah, sometimes some pretty pebbles, you know, I just alternate. Oh, right on. So, so cereal, we'll go with that. Yeah, I love cereal, man. Uh, This, what's your guilty pleasure? Oh, shit. Um, well, I mean, I've got plenty that a lot of people would consider guilty pleasures, but I don't really feel guilty about them because I fucking love them, you know? Well, uh, here, like I, here's a preface. I, I, I said, is it wrong that ELO is my guilty pleasure? And I got uh, roasted for saying ELO is not a guilty pleasure because they're fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, if I, I'll tell you a couple of mine and see if I get the same reaction. I fucking love Prince. Nah, I, I totally agree. Prince. I fucking, fucking love Prince. 100%. Prince was amazing. Very yeah. much. Uh, uh, fucking, I love Tori Amos. Nah, I'm not, not arguing on that. Yep, not, uh, not arguing. Tom there. Waits. Tom Waits is one of my favorite artists. Uh, not a, you know, I, personally not a Tom Waits fan, but I can I can go along with people who are. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of people like that to me, too, like Bob Dylan or Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I, I really don't get Bruce at all. I never had an appeal for Bruce. Uh, but people love that son of a bitch, and you know what? More power to him. I do right. respect him. He's been around for a long time. He's a good songwriter. He's just not my cup of tea. And, and, and you know, Dylan, being an incredible songwriter that Dylan is, I still never quite got there with him, you know. I, but I do respect what he did, and understand why people love him i understand that that makes sense oh yeah very much you know it's one of those things to me with dylan dylan is such a ridiculous songwriter and i might not like everything that he does but i might like certain things that he does right but but damn he's prolific man (laughs) very much like um you know i did i just heard the other day and you know i don't really research dylan or anything like that but I was just mm-hmm. like, really? That's him? Wait a minute. Yeah. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> and, you know, and I was just like, I've known that song for years, and I never knew it was Dylan singing it. And it's like, Well, you know, Prince is like that, too. When you go to research the songs that Prince wrote that other people made hits out of, you'd oh, be shocked. very much. You know. Yeah, it'd blow your mind how many songs that he wrote that ended up being number one hits for other people. Very, like, yeah. Crazy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, none of, yeah, those, boy, none of those to me, none of those to me, being you know, would be a uh, guilty pleasure, you know. Maybe somebody like yeah. maybe somebody like Motley Crue. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, I you know what I, I I love Madonna sometimes too, man. I got to admit, I hated that bitch almost my whole life, and for some reason, a couple of years ago, I caught a concert video of hers and fucking fell in love with her, man. After 40 years of hating this chick. Was it was it uh, was it because she was playing guitar though? Because I I knew that she was playing guitar on some things. Well, that didn't hurt. That didn't hurt my feelings any, you know. Uh, but no, dude, it was just. Uh, I tell you another uh, another thing that kind of helped out was her guitar player's name is Monty Pittman, and he put out a couple of metal albums, and they are fucking monstrous, man. They are really good. Nice. And uh, and I it caused me to have a second look. I guess, and I watched one of her concerts and just completely fell in love with her. Dude, went and bought all kinds of uh, albums of hers, and and actually started listening to fucking Madonna. Some dude, it's uh, it's it's embarrassing. Fuck it, I don't care, man. You know, uh, uh, but uh, no, I, mean, I, I would say that's probably a guilty pleasure. Right, you know, it's my my newfound love of Madonna. Right, <laughs> for for a metalhead, that would be definitely a guilty pleasure for sure. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, I literally go to sleep with fucking Cannibal Corpse on, you know, but I'll, I'll put a Madonna out, man, every once in a while. Fuck it, you know. <laughs> so the preface for uh, this question, uh-huh. because I've asked this question to a lot of people, 
and I've gotten like, what? What's that? Because they're younger and they don't get it. And I've had a lot of younger bands on the Metal Forge over over the last year. But you're not sure. And this is a metal question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your Spinal Tap moments? <laughs> okay. Because um, you played music a was, while. This isn't the first band yeah. you've ever been in. And I'm sure yeah, you've had there them from was, other uh, bands. Oh, yeah. I remember one very in particular uh, time. Uh, and it was fucking, it was crazy, dude. It was a Halloween at a, at a place. It wins already. A, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was Halloween. It was like 99, 98 or 2000. I can't fucking remember the year, man. It was it was between 99 and 2001 or two. See how well I remember shit. Right. <laughs> fucking four-year gap there, you know. But anyway, it was fucking Halloween. I remember that. And uh, it was my band, Hellbilly, and uh, we were the headliners that night. We had a packed fucking house, dude. We had like, I don't know, 100 people or 150 people in this little tiny place. It was a little bar in uh, Frankfurt. Um, and we had uh, dry ice running uh, <laughs> for like several minutes before uh, we, we were going to play. And here we lit the guitars up and just let them just ring out for a couple of seconds because our singer had gotten into this costume. He was going to come out in this fucking costume and just jump out on the stage and, how the fuck are you? And, you know, we were going to kick it off. Well, he jumps out with his fucking mask on. He can't see shit. He, he falls onto my other guitar player's stomp pedal, breaks it into fucking pieces, slips, falls, busts his fucking ass, and here we are, I mean, right in front of the whole world, like a hundred fucking people. It destroys my other guitar player's pedal where he can't even play. Oh, no. And busts his ass at the same time. We don't know if he's hurt. We don't know how bad he's hurt. You know? So here we are running over to him, save him. Here's my other guitar player completely out of his fucking noodle because now it wasn't just a stomp pedal. It was the, the pedal that hooked to his amp. Oh, no. To his amp head. It, yeah, it was literally the fucking brain of, of his amp. So here we are, fucked, because he's stuck in clean. Can't even switch to his dirty channel now because his fucking stomp pill has been destroyed. Uh, that controls his amp. And uh, we're like, fuck, man, are you kidding? <laughs> it, was, it was a packed house. Everybody's rowdy. Everybody's ready to kick it off. Here my drunk, my, my fucking singer comes out, almost breaks his neck, destroys our shit, and then. Hey, here we are. <laughs> but did so you we continue? Had to another... No, we couldn't. We oh. had to stop. Oh, so no. we told everybody we had to. Well, fuck, we had to pick him up off the ground. I mean, he had fucked himself up, so he had to like you know walk around for a minute. And plus, my uh, the guitarist had to figure out a, a way to get his amp to work without the pedal. So we had to. We're sorry, people. Give us. We're going to take ten. You know, it was one of those. So, yeah, that was fucked up, man. <laughs> you know, uh, that was some bullshit. But we collected it. We got it back together, and we went back out 10 minutes later, and we kicked fucking ass, man. You know? So uh, we redeemed ourselves, but, man, that was a fucking nightmare, dude. That was uh, really bad. <laughs> but that's as bad as it's been so far. I'm sure there's more coming, but, yeah, that one was pretty rough. That's that's crazy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, that one sucked real bad. But, you know, I hope that's as bad as it ever gets, but it probably won't. Because I plan on playing until I'm fucking off the bone or in a retirement home, whichever comes first, you know. I totally, yeah. I, that, I can't top that story, man. That's a, that's a good one. That's a really good one. <laughs> it's, wow. It's fucked up, man. Now, my singer who was in that band, his name was Wade, uh, Greg, Greg Wade, and he died a few years ago. Oh. Uh, a fucking fentanyl overdose. Oh. Uh, I've, lost, I've lost several friends over the years, uh, over the last few years, uh, due to that shit, and he was unfortunately one of them, and I miss him every day. That was my brother, man. Yeah, so, that's... Uh, rest in peace, Wade. You're being remembered, brother. <laughs> I love you, man. Stuff like that's so, uh, so upsetting. You know, it's such a yeah. such an epidemic in in the United States right now. You know, oh fuck, especially here, man, in Appalachia. You know, it's just really just destroyed the 
everything, man. It's, it's really fucked every, it's touched every family that I know in some form or fashion. Right. I mean, it's just really unbelievable. So but I hated to bring that whole episode no, down. No, not at all, dude. Not at all. But, it's but I, had to, I had to mention that because I was talking about my brother, you know, and it was it was really his story more than it was mine because it happened to him. He was he was the butt end of that tragedy there, you know. Right. But I had to I had to give him the love that he deserved there. But, and uh, I, and I but, yeah, I wouldn't expect anything less out of that. So before we go, um, and we're going to uh-huh. close out close out the show with crows. Cool. Uh, do you tell everybody how to get a hold of you guys to to book you on a show, or just even to check you out? You know. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, you can. Well, of course, we have a Facebook page, uh, and we also have a Bandcamp page that we have our EP uh, Phantoms on, which is for sale for five bucks. You can pick that up. You can stream it a couple of times for free, so that way you don't buy it and hate it, and then you know want to. It cusses and throw shit at us, you know. You right. listen to it a couple of times, make sure you like it, and then you can buy it. So we set it up like that so, you know, people wouldn't be just in the dark. Um, I've got my personal contact information uh, for the band on our Facebook page if anybody wants to book us or, uh, you know, have any inquiries. Um, and, and it is uh, Pale you know, Walker. Come, come see us. It's yeah, Pale Walker, one word. Yes, yeah. because you do have to watch out. Because I did notice this um, when I when I originally had searched you all back before. Um, Facebook is stupid; it's a piece of shit, uh-huh. and it wants to yeah. auto correct it to Paul Walker. Paul Walker, yeah, the fucker from the Fast and Furious. Well, I shouldn't say that he's dead now, but yeah, the Fast and Furious. Guy. Yes, so I, but I did it, they did it to my own shit. I fucking pulled up Paul Walker fifty times trying to go to our page. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but it's Pale Walker, not Paul. Walker. Pale Walker. Yeah. Pale uh, Walker. P A L E Walker. Absolutely. And do you have any any shout outs you want to give before before we go? Oh fuck! Just everybody, man. Uh, Lexington is so full of great bands. Uh, we've got Creature of Exile. Oh yeah. Uh, Lo- yep. Fucking Necro Winter. Uh, goddamn, just a bunch of good bands down here that deserve the love right now. I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of the, of, uh, the Storm Toker. Storm Toker, I was about ready to say then. David Langley's a good friend of mine, man. We're both like Godzilla nerds. Oh, yeah. We both love Godzilla. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, but Storm Toker's the other one everybody should be looking out for to come see, man. There's just several of us that are really good right now. And, and if you know anything about the scene right now, Lexington, it's, it's fucking about half dead. People aren't coming out because the bars aren't booking. You know, they're not booking the harder bands right now, and I don't fucking know why because we've got about the best lineup of bands here that we've had in maybe the last 15, 20 years. Uh, another band called Gotcha that's a bunch of veteran guys that I know, uh, Mike Duncan and Phil Osborne, that are fucking kicking ass right now. Uh, can't hardly get a gig in their own hometown. It's just, it's fucking pathetic. But if, if you see any of those bands or us on a bill, come out and see us, man. Come out and hang out and come up and say hey and just, you know, fucking have a good time, man. Get off the couch. Get out of the fucking phone. Get out of your fucking phone. <laughs> yes. Come join the living, man. Be among the living and come yeah. out and join your brethren, man, and get fucking wild for a night. You know, you know one of my probably, probably the favorite show. I ever played was at Magbar, and it was Overload, Savage Master, and Kingslayer. And hell yeah, man, Kingslayer kicked ass. I know one or two of those guys too. They were great. Oh yeah, uh, their bass players done done a couple uh, tattoos on me. So uh, shout yeah, out, shout really out cool. to James Shane. He's probably listening. So, yeah. but the thing about and it was, Stacey is, Savage, of course, the oh, local queen. <laughs> That local her and Adam Neal and Larry and mm-hmm. all the all those cool fuckers in that band. Yes. Hell yeah. But what was so cool about it is like nobody was on their phone. The whole show. Like it was oh, that's such amazing. Yeah, it, it's been like five or six years ago now, but it was such a such a social event that Mm-hmm. Nobody, you know, nobody was on their phones. Everybody was talking to each other. Everybody's watching the bands. It was so fucking cool. But best yeah. best show ever, you know, that I think I've ever played. 
Um, but well, that's, it's a great, there's no better feeling in the world, is there, man, than, than to, to have that. It's just oh, no. the best feeling in the world. Oh, it's, there's it's nothing great. better. Nothing at all. Uh, so no. also I do want to mention before we go that you guys will be playing the 21st amendment tavern on May 9th yes. with overload and another announce, uh, to be announced band, uh, that show is going to yeah. start at, uh, the doors are at nine show starts at 10. Uh, it's 21 uh, and up, yeah. five bucks to get in. That's one good thing about the metal forge live shows. Um, you know, do we feature guests $5 from the metal? Cheap bitches, you better come out for five dollars. Right, right. And see some good bands, man. You know, you know. and it's the weekend after uh, the Derby, so either you made money or you lost money. So if you made money, come spend it on drinks. If you lost money, come drink your sorrows away and check out some killer That's fucking exactly bands. right. It, either way is a reason to celebrate. Either you need to pick me up or you need to go and buy everybody around the drinks, whichever one it is, come and hang out. Sounds like the winner to me. Absolutely. All right. Well, Michael, thank you. I appreciate you calling in tonight. It's been fucking killer, and I've enjoyed talking metal with you. And check these guys out. This song is Crows.
Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Visit 21st Amendment Tavern, located in a Germantown neighborhood at the corner of Burnett and Shelby. 21st Amendment Tavern has great drinks and amazing food from head chef Andrea Estes. Also at the tavern, the Metal Forge Live is featured with doors at 9 and shows at 10 and just 5 bucks. Head on out to 21st Amendment Tavern.